and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 339 yeah. i hope you're keeping safe keeping well hope you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something doctor, doctor who, who. Related. Related. Welcome back to another week. It's great to have you here. If you've just discovered the podcast, welcome aboard. And if you're a long-time listener, one of the grizzled ancients, <laughs> then come back. Sorry, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Obviously do come back, but welcome back this week. <laughs> come back. <laughs> come back. We miss you. Come on. I was going through some podcast admin stuff the other day, and I listened, I listened to um, episode one of the podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. What year was that? Crikey, yeah. 2014 and then i listened to episode nine i think it was your first one episode nine was it all right something like that yeah and then i think you came back on three weeks after that and then three or four weeks after that you were back you were on as permanent co-host so i was listening to those early episodes and bloody hell dude (laughs) wow says what a difference it is between then and now because when i recorded that first one I was like, so um, I'm making this podcast because um, I like Doctor Who and um, I'd like to talk about Doctor Who. So, um, yes, welcome to this podcast. And um, yes, I'm going to talk about Doctor Who. So um, this week I'm going to talk about, it was really cringy to listen to, but yeah. And then the one that you, it was really cool. The one that you first came on, you were like, bud, <laughs> you're like, bud, this is amazing. This is amazing. You, you were just really hyped up that first one. Yeah, was that what was that the Remembrance of the Daleks review? I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Yeah. God, I haven't, well, I haven't listened to the, any of the early ones for forever. Why were you listening to them? Then were you doing some putting well, them in order or something? What were we doing? Uh, well, I just had to go through and um, change a couple of settings with the podcast host, mm. and uh, I just bumped up the maximum number of episodes that you're allowed on your feed. Oh, I see. Because it yeah. cuts off, because I'd set it to, I think, 300 episodes. So um, I think it cut off at episode like 49 or something, something like that. So I went and adjusted it. And, and uh, yeah, so now they're all available. So you can go back and listen to episode <laughs> number one, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So I think it was episode six, sorry, that you jumped on. Oh, right. And we did that. And then you came back on for episode 11 for our review of Deep Breath. Deep Breath, yeah, I was going to say, I remember it was around about the Capaldi jumping on board as the new Doctor when I, yeah, when I jumped in. That's yeah. right. Good yep. times, yeah. It is strange looking back at old stuff, and it? it's like when I, I don't really do it very often, but occasionally we'll go back and look at like some of my early YouTube vids, especially the very first one. Uh, it's like, it's like, watching a different person isn't it and probably like you yeah. like listening to a different person because you you haven't found your swing yet you haven't got into your groove you're stuttering about all over the place and stuff yeah it's crazy yeah fun times though it was interesting <laughs> to listen so anyone that wants a little cringe fest for half an hour yeah. go back and listen to the, the cringe yeah. podcast yeah, the, the cringe podcast yeah so before we crack on we have got a couple of bits of news to go through 
yeah. at last, which is good. And then we're going to crack on with our review of the third Doctor story, Day of the Daleks. But before we crack on with that, remember to follow this podcast in your fave podcast app so you don't miss a show. They land every single Friday. Just do a search for us. We're on all the popular podcast networks and everything. Or head over to the website where you can also listen to all the episodes there for free. It's bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. And uh, if you want a quick link to all of the networks and apps and stuff where we're listed, just go to bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk forward slash listen. That will take you to a page of all the buttons and stuff. But on the actual website, all the episodes there, plus all the articles and reviews from the guys, the writing team. And we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links are on the website. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved there. And we have a free Discord server. So hop over there, links on the website, and come and chat Doctor Who over there. It's all happening, isn't it? It's all happening. Also, please don't forget, please don't forget, (laughs) go and check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. His name over there is, of course, The Geek's Handbag. Yes, there's a couple of cringe videos on there as well. I've got all of my. I've never deleted any of my vids. They're all on there right from the start. So, yes, go and check out my videos. Doctor Who, they're all Doctor Who videos, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. The old Star Wars one that got about five views, but then I went back to Doctor Who because they got a lot more. <laughs> Your on-the-spot reviews are pretty sweet, though. You just oh, come I haven't done cinema. one of those for ages. Yeah. I used to love doing them, yeah. They were a nightmare to do, but I used to love doing them. Yeah, they're very cool. More yeah. one day. Go and check out Adam's videos. Actually, there's a couple of, talking of early videos, there's a couple of bangers. They're all oh, bangers, yeah. but there's a couple of bangers from, from Adam's uh, early years. And there's one where I think you're a bit hungover, mate. I think it's Boxing Day or something. You're sat oh, at the gosh, table. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, let me just get the handbag. Oh, <laughs> That's a really early one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You pull, you, I think you pull out a can of lager from it and you're like, no, I don't <laughs> want that anymore. I had enough of them last night. <laughs> that was when you actually pulled stuff out of the out of the bag. Yeah, I haven't done that. I used to do that gag every week. I haven't done that on a video for ages, actually. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that gag of pulling the wrong thing out every week uh, mm. uh, before pulling the actual product out. But I've, I don't know when that stopped. I just forgot about it, <laughs> or I ran out of stuff to, to pull out. But yeah. yeah, you just grew up, didn't you? Yeah. Crazy, crazy yeah. times. Adam's on the socials too, under the same name, the Geeks Handbag. So go and follow him over there. Yeah, and we can all chat Doctor Who, which is nice. Exactly. Really nice. Uh, before we crack on with uh, what we've been up to, I haven't been up to anything really, dude. I haven't watched any any Doctor Who or, or anything. So I'm quite no. quiet this week in terms of what we've been up to. But the only thing I have been up to is I drafted all the guys from the writing team, well, most of them, and we did our January roundtable. So if you've not listened to that, that's also on the feed, also listed and stuff like that. Go and check that out. We all got together and we gave... Uh, recommendations one from the classic era and one from the modern era for newcomers to doctor who to dive into so some good stories that are not heavily drowned in exposition or you need to know huge backstory just some really fun isolated stories from each era and we each gave two stories so go and check that out that's a cool little episode to crack into but have you done anything this week dude i uh well i was i was thinking i was gonna have something to talk about this week so i was due to go to doctor who time fracture yesterday I thought, oh, great, on the pod I can tell you all about it and what it was like, and it was good. But uh, unfortunately, it got cancelled. So I was just literally just leaving the house. And I got a message from Ad, my good friend Ad, who was going to join me, saying, it's cancelled, dude. I'm like, what? No. I was like, oh. So 
I still went to London and maybe other half went and uh, saw the Back to the Future musical instead, which is absolutely amazing. You like Back to the Future, don't you? Love it. Yeah. Is it good? Oh, mate, go and see the musical. It's incredible. Like the stage show, it's like amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but so, yeah, so I was hoping I'd be able to tell you all about Time Fracture today, but um, it seems to have a lot of cancellations. I was looking at their Facebook page and they had a flood recently, so they had to close down for a couple of weeks and then they opened. And it seems like every couple of weeks they cancel stuff for various reasons. Um, apparently, our session was cancelled because some of the staff had got COVID. So I don't know how long that's going to be closed for. That's it. I mean, you know, obviously these sort of things can't be helped, but it seems like a really troubled production. It, it constantly seems to have something yeah. go wrong, um, which is a shame because the people who have actually managed to do it say it's really good. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, hopefully I'll reschedule it for another time. But um, so, yeah, apart from that, I haven't done, done anything, but I was really looking forward to it. I thought, oh, I'll actually have something to talk about on the podcast this week, I thought. Uh, but no, it wasn't to be. <laughs> so, well, that's annoying, bud. Yeah. It is annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's annoying. Because I was, as I said, I, I was literally walking up my path towards the train station, and so I got the message, so it's cancelled. And then I was like, oh, wow, oh, should I bother going to London now? What shall I do? And decided to go in the end anyway. But yeah, it was, it was a bit frustrating. But these things happen. Can't be out. These things happen, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you interested in that? You you ever considered doing it or the because there's the escape rooms as well, which is still going on, which I think are maybe pretty good, like the Cyberman one and stuff. But you tend to buy any of that stuff? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I was up for it when they were announced when they announced them. When was this? Some point early last year, maybe the year before that. Especially yeah. the escape room stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was up for it, uh, but then the whole pandemic thing. Uh, kicked in and then like you experienced last night it's a case of there's no certainty with anything so mm. you book your ticket but then they say we'll keep an eye on the Facebook page or whatever yeah and then inevitably you know it's like we've had to postpone the show for X amount of days or weeks and then your ticket gets either you know put forward or they refund it and then you have to go through it again and do that so it's well, not really a huge problem but yeah it's just a bit of a pain in the bum yeah, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, it's a bit, and it has gone on to be a bit of a pain because I found a, a special offer. So I got tickets uh, for £15, which is why oh, I went. Wow. I thought, blimey, yeah, that's good. They're, they're normally 45 to 56 So then, yeah, so then you get the refund for your tickets, but then you only get the price that you paid, obviously. But then the tickets have gone up. So if you try and rebook it, I'm thinking, so hang on, I've got a £15 voucher. But the tickets are now forty-five or fifty-six. So have I? Am I expected to pay? And so I don't quite know how that works. And then on the on the train back last night, I got another email saying, "Oh, the funds we've realised the funds never never left your account. So uh, we've cancelled your voucher." So I'm like, "Hang on." So <laughs> so I don't know what's going on now. I need to check whether it ever left my bank, which I think it must have done because. I, I did. The, I booked it last week, and I got a confirmation and everything. So how come to the? I, do you know what I mean? Suddenly, it's turning into an absolute fiasco, and I'm just thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't bothered now. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's a bit of a pain in the bum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so just yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. So yeah, who knows what's going to? Yeah, who knows what's going to happen from today? We're in the UK, obviously, and from today, mm. the government have announced that everyone can go and do what they want without face masks now. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to have another little mini wave. Because Probably. of that, or if it's going to continue, I don't know. But yeah, to answer your question, I am up for them. Just waiting for it to settle down a little bit. Yeah, so I must I'm admit, going, I w yeah. I'd feel a bit uncomfortable 
now that face masks have been banished, I think I, I, I will still wear mine. I, I wouldn't yeah. want to go to event because apparently they're really busy as well. These time fracture events. A lot of people said, you know, you you're packing a lot of people in, and you know, even though they're wearing masks, I'm thinking, wow, if they're doing that without masks, and in fact, one of the reasons I was uh, a few minutes late <clears throat> jumping on the podcast. <clears throat> excuse me this morning was because i was listening to to uh the presenter and a guy arguing about wearing face masks and i, I just lost track of time because this guy was really going for it i'm not being told what to do i'm not <laughs> wearing one i'm thinking it's not really about that it's just, it's about like using your brain and should i you know anyway yeah, <clears> yeah. i won't be doing time fracture anytime soon because of that i don't think yeah same yeah so maybe when it settles down yes we'll uh, we'll jump on it dude we'll have a, a london day That'd be awesome. Do that stuff. Yeah. All righty. Um, before we jump into our review, then I reckon we should, uh, we should hop back in the TARDIS and do a bit of news, bud. News. Okay. As much as I loved being in that nice cold quarry. (laughs) The TARDIS is nice. Yeah. Whenever snug. I whenever I think think about having a brew, I always think about McCoy in the TARDIS just sat there with a Oh yeah. Nice bit of chilled music on and a nice cup of tea and the TV movie, yeah. That is a lovely scene, isn't it? Yeah. I think if you and I <clears throat> if we were to uh to build a TARDIS prop or something like that, other than some of the very cool ones that we've seen recently, like um the the Ruth's Doctor you know that very nice, oh, yeah, old yeah. school looking, but still modern. I think the old, the old TV movie, um, Tardis set. I think is such a beautiful thing. It is gorgeous, yeah. isn't it? It feels. Yeah, I would. God, I'd love to just walk into that set. Yeah, yeah that'd be the one, wouldn't it? That would definitely be the one. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I like the Fifth Doctor console, but there's not much. There's not many chairs, and it's not very cozy. <laughs> whereas that that Eighth Doctor console room, I think, is one of the best. It's just beautiful, isn't it? It is indeedy. Mm. now we've got some news to go through so the first mm. one is and these are product announcements which is very cool so the first one is we've got some new target books on the way so Hello. bbc books they've announced that they will be expanding the range this year so around summertime this year um this date might change but at the moment it's hard penciled in for the 14th of july but sometimes that moves they're going to bring out uh, half a dozen new target books, which is really cool. The first one, The Stones of Blood by David Fisher, that is going to be um, adapted from his um, earlier audio novelizations from about five, six years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, also The Androids of Tara, or Terra, uh, also by David Fisher. So Stones of Blood, it's uh, an ancient stone circle, becomes a battleground as the fourth Doctor must outwit the deadliest alien criminal this side of hyperspace. And the Androids of Terra is the fourth Doctor and Romana's search for the fourth segment of the all-powerful key to time leads them to the planet. Yeah, so that's one of those um, stories that we all know anyway from the fourth Doctor's run. Then you've got The Fires of Pompeii by James Moran. And uh, that's the... um, this is the uh, Tennant and Catherine, you know, the one with Peter Capaldi in it, the TV episode. Yeah. yeah so that's the novelization of that. And then we've got The Eaters of Light oh by Rona Monroe. And it's the 12th Doctor story. And uh, it's Bill and Nardole taking them back to the second century uh, in Scotland to learn the fate of the lost uh, Ninth Legion of the Imperial Roman Army. So that's kind of cool. And then you've got the last one is the Zygon Invasion 
yeah. Which is the uh, which is written by Peter Harness. Mm. And that one is it's a, uh, it took three doctors to broker a fragile peace between Zygons and humans. Now the twelfth doctor must face the fallout alone with his allies comprised. Uh, compromised and his companion believed dead can he stop the world from plunging into war so some familiar stories there that we've seen uh, on the tv and stuff but we've got a couple of older ones as well which is cool so any of these float in your boat dude a couple of them are are sound good to me yeah i mean stones of blood and androids of tara uh interested in uh fires of Pompeii is good eaters of light oh dear that was a right i've only ever watched that once i think an absolute snore fest of an episode i was reading this point because it's written by rona monroe did survival i remember there's quite a big yes. thing about yeah. her coming back to Earth Two, but i mean the, the book might be a lot better but it doesn't appeal to me uh zygon invasion uh, sounds pretty cool yeah i like the sound of that so most of them actually um yeah they all sound pretty good uh i am there is a lot of uh a lot of unhappy 13th doctor fans out there because there's they were expecting you know one of her stories to be a, one of these announcements and i i kind of get that i think although that the merch clearly doesn't sell that well for the this era we're in at the minute i think the target books are a given i think most people would would pick up uh you know are more likely to pick up a 13th doctor story so i am surprised they didn't throw one in there just to keep you know to just give some 13th doctor merch because it's you know we are still in that era it does seem strange that we don't really get anything even if it doesn't sell i mean something like this would be would surely sell anyway at least a few copies so yeah i, I would have liked to have seen a something from this era thrown in there just to mix it up a bit really but but yeah you good little selection i think stones of blood is the one i'm most looking forward to out of those that does sound cool that one yeah, yeah I, like, I like quite like that story yeah yeah and talking of jody's era and we're still in that era very much so yeah i guess fans should expect a little yeah. bit of merch from the beeb about her doctor it feels oh. like she's already been being shuffled out the door because if you believe any of the rumours that have been knocking around for the past week or so. <laughs> um, yeah. David Tennant's coming back. Catherine Tate's coming back. It's all a bit much. It's, well, it's all a bit like, thanks for coming, Jodie. A couple of stories left, but yeah, forget about that. Yeah. We've got these cool people coming back, if you believe the rumours. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a weird one. But uh, anyway, it's cool that there are there are more Doctor Who books coming in the target range. So July this year, you'll be able to pre-order them soon, I suppose. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pick a few of those up. Do you, do you believe the Tenant Runas, by, by the way? Just have interest. Is oh. it? So do you reckon he's coming back for the 60th or something? And it's and that's got confused with him being the new Doctor. Or do you think there's some sort of weight to him coming back? I'm I'm <clears> really <throat> not sure, dude. It's one of those rumors. 99 uh, of the time with rumors, we can say with the best educated guess whether it's nonsense or whether there's some some weight behind it. But this one, I'm really I'm really torn behind because yeah. For two reasons. The first one is that I don't think David Tennant would come back and just do another complete series. That seems kind of weird to do that. Yeah. But I do feel like you're probably right. It's probably something related to the the 60th or the centenary the stuff. But um, yeah, it does That's seem. What I feel. It does seem kind of weird, and also um, the whole yeah the the whole I don't know. It it feels like it would be kept more under wraps than this over the last few years they've always managed mm. to keep it under lock and key a bit more until they announce something so for this to be leaked that does seem a bit weird but mm. I, I yeah i was gonna say normally i would just wouldn't even consider it but i am at the minute just because i think anything could happen i mean phil collinson's coming back they're getting the band back together and i thought well you know there could be truth in it and also doctor who's taking such a pummeling 
in the press at the minute. They're really latching on to the low ratings. And, and uh, so they might just want to keep some good bits of news floating around to keep <laughs> the hype up. So I don't know. I, I'm willing to believe it, but I don't believe it at the yeah. minute. But we'll see. Also, uh, anyway, um, sorry, we've spoken to um, the BBC are very, very good, obviously, with their PR and everything. Yeah. over the last couple of years or so with Jodie's era. So even though we know as watchers and listeners that the show is not doing as well as it did in previous years, the BBC will still say, yeah, we're very proud of the show and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I course, think yeah. there was um, there was a BFI event and we bumped into somebody who speaks to people at the BBC and we're not going to name mm. his name, obviously. Don't name him. No, no. names, but you know, <clears throat> he's, or, or ve- <laughs> he's very involved. <clears throat> that person is very involved with uh, the people who are at the BBC who still make the show and from behind the scenes, they are very much not happy no, with no. What, how the show is going and how it's gone. So I feel for that reason, it could be a bit of a, right, we need a big a big mm. name to plot back in the show, to bring it yeah. back up to start, you know, closing the gap on the on the ratings and stuff like that. So who knows, yeah. bud? You know. Who knows? We shall see. So yes, in other merch news, and we've been waiting for an announcement in the new Blu-ray range for a while. So we now know that season 22 is going to be the next set to be released as Colin Baker's first season. And um, it's a good one, actually. I mean, it's, I wasn't a fan of the Collins era at the time, but actually over the years I've gone back and there's some good stories in there. I mean, got Attack of the Cybermen, Revelation of the Daleks. Vengeance on Varos, which fans <laughs> like, but me and Gary don't. Uh, so Time Lash, of course. Oh, dear. So it is a mixed bag, but it's going to be a good set. It's, it's got loads and loads of brand new features on it. I mean, I'm not going to list them all because it goes on and on and on. But, you know, you've got stuff like updated effects and extended episodes behind the sofas, obviously. So loads of good stuff on this. And it came with a brilliant trailer, didn't it? Where they got mm. Nicola Bryant back as Perry. And um, she gets in the TARDIS with the six stop to the end. Uh, and uh, oh, what's he called? Brian Bless's character. There's a big statue of him that she's standing by. It was a, a brilliant little trailer um, for that. So yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um, they haven't given it a date yet, but the BFI are doing an event for Revelation of the Daleks, which is the beginning of March. And these normally come out a week or two after those events. So I, I think we're looking at middle of March for this. I think so. Yeah, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah. And it's you're right. It's a great trailer, dude. It's a really cool, brilliant trailer. Um, very, very cool trailer. It's uh, I can't remember what the statue's name, the Brian Blessed character is, but uh, I want to say Yukarnos, but I don't know if that's right. Something oh. like that, yeah. But she's yeah. she's her, her she's known as I think it's the Warrior Queen, that's it, or something. And there's another character called Rex who stars in the like a young chap that stars in the trailer with her, and she looks really good, dude. She does. She looks. She looks yeah, yeah, she does look great. Yeah, she looks great in that trailer. And um, it almost whenever whenever I see things like so, these trailers that they do for these box sets are so well done. Mm. You can tell that they've really put because they can't have a big budget at all. They can't. No, I you know. That, so the people that make them, they must have a, they must have such love. You can you can tell anyway. You know that the everything is there, and um, it's uh, whenever I watch these though, I always just get such a a great sense of like they really should bring some of these companions back and just shove them all into a mm. very cool spin-off because if you can imagine perry with ace you know and some other people that still have got all their marbles they look great you know <laughs> they would be absolutely fine in a similar way that they did with liz sladen i suppose like in her later life yeah. brought her back with the sarah jane adventures they could so easily do that and maybe uh maybe with russell coming back and he's looking at this whole multiverse thing potentially 
and spin-offs and whatnot. Maybe that would happen, but I really feel like absolutely Ace should have her own spin-off with her agency that she runs now. And, you know, Perry could come back and some other people. It would be so easy to um to set up you know it doesn't require a lot because the characters are already established you know who mm. they are where they've been what they've done this is just another extension of what they're up to now it would be so cool but anyway back to the box set dude it's got a ton of stuff hasn't it all the special features that you mentioned it's just oh yeah a huge list of stuff so um that'd be cool and what's cool as well is um the 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 thing that they always do the behind um uh is it behind the sofa yeah stuff uh there's some real regulars coming back for that one you know uh davison's era yeah um they're on this one as well and i think they were on the last one i i'm absolutely i'm loving the (laughs) fact that janet fielding is back and wendy pampery yeah and you got well colin and and nicola are going to be on there terry malloy uh peter davison that's going to be fun yeah i mean i love the behind the sofas i think they're my favorite features of the new set so I can't wait for this one. McCoy's on there as well. He's going to be watching it. So, yeah, a really good lineup for the behind the sofa. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And um, yeah. uh, one of the things that you particularly like as well is going back to locations. Yes. That's a really cool stuff when they go out and do that. And they've also got some convention footage from way back in the day uh, with Jacqueline Pierce, John Nathan Turner, Colin Baker. So the old days, you know, with the old conventions mm. where. They used to do proper interview panels and and all that stuff. So yeah, really cool set. So I think that's I, I, I think you're right. It's probably going to drop around that uh, BFI Marchy sort of time. Yeah, I would think maybe so. Maybe April, maybe April, maybe the first or second week of April, mm. something like that. But that's on the way. So that's a good one. It's a decent little set as well. It's a bit mixed bag. I know Colin doesn't really rank very high on people's list now and then, but this series has got has got a cool little. A cool little list of episodes. So. Mm, two Doctors, yeah. I forgot to mention. That's, an, that's on there, of course. Yeah. yeah, I think the other one is Mark of the Rani, is it? Oh, Mark of the Rani, yeah, yeah that's a good one. Yeah, there is a, there is some good stuff in it, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Come on, Colin, come on. Come on, Colin. Bring in the bacon for season 22, <laughs> eh? So there we go. We'll keep you up to date on socials, whatever, once the date is announced. And, uh, come and come and join us at the BFI. I'm hoping to get to this one. So that'll yeah. be cool. Yeah, come and join us at the BFI. Have a couple of beers afterwards and chat Doctor Who. Sounds good. Okay, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right, bud. News out the way. Review time. What we got? Hey, it's the third doctor (laughs) doing a bit of Venusian uh, keto. And uh, yeah, so first doctor joined by the Daleks and some funny things called Ogrons. (laughs) It's Day of the Daleks. I want to know what you're doing here. He's the sworn enemy of the Daleks. He's the one man they're afraid of, don't you see? It's our only hope. If we don't act quickly, it may be too late. Their history must talk a lot about some original styles, isn't it? You mean they travel back in our time to try and change history? Changing history is a very fanatical idea, you know. The Dalek Empire has spread through all planets and all times. No one can withstand the power of the Daleks! Bunch, I'm calling Unit HQ. 
Benson calling unit HQ. We just can't hold them, sir. The trailer Ooh, is very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the trailer's potentially better than the story. Ooh. <laughs> potentially. Steady. Steady on. The Day of the Daleks. <laughs> Not the Day of the Daleks. Just Day of the Daleks. Yeah, there's no the. The. There's <laughs> no the. It was first broadcast back on the 1st of January, so a New Year's Day episode. Back in... Uh, 1972 and uh it's a four-parter 25 minutes each so not too bad going this one it was written by uh lois marks directed by paul bernard stars john pertwee and katie manning fairly large supporting cast this one and the synopsis is freedom fighters from the 22nd century attempt to thwart a new dalek invasion of earth by going back in time to the late 20th century to assassinate sir reginald styles a delegate to the World Peace Conference, whose actions their history blames for the subsequent Dalek conquest. Mm. Hmm. So, what do you reckon, dude? I'm just lo- I'm just looking at this cast list. How the hell did they ever afford to make Doctor Who back in the Pertwee era? Every story has about fifty people in it. It's inc- it's mad, isn't it? The Pertwee era. It's got always got a huge list of um, actors. Whereas we, when we get sort of later on into the fourth doctor fifth doctor it goes down to about five or ten <laughs> so yeah. i just don't know how they afforded them all also uh, on this the, story yeah there's about 20 people who are uncredited who are in it oh yeah. exactly yeah, yeah exactly also i was gonna, gonna say actually the trailer as well that's um that's the trailer for the special edition isn't it i can tell yeah. because the dalek voices sound good in that trailer <laughs> whereas in in this story in the original version they don't seem to know how to do the Dalek voices anymore <laughs> and they've lost the remodulator and it's all a bit it, it's all a bit thrown together um but day of the Daleks it's, it's an odd one and I kind of like it actually I've always kind of liked it um but it is I don't know it's it, the Daleks aren't in it very much um the actual storyline is quite cool this timey-wimey story that they've got about changing history and the earth in the future i like all that stuff and i think what it is is i don't think the actual i don't think the actual uh episodes are brilliant but there is there are elements in in this in the episodes that i absolutely love and um so overall i quite like this one i, I think the cast um uh, on the whole, are pretty good. I think they're trying quite hard, even if some of the acting's a bit off in places. I don't feel like Pert was massively into this story, although he's very good in it. Um, I, I know he didn't really like the Daleks. I, f- I feel like he's, you know, not really invested too much in the actual Dalek storyline. But he, Pert was still great in it. But uh, Katie Mann is wonderful, um, and the supporting cast are fairly decent. And you get you get a good <laughs> action sequence with. Pertwee on a trike, which of course is just classic Pertwee. He always has to find a futuristic at the time looking vehicle to ride. I just love it. It's absolutely pointless. It goes absolutely nowhere. He gets captured almost immediately. Um, and the Ogrons have to run really slowly because the bike doesn't go very fast. It cracks me up. But um, yeah, stuff like the Daleks in the tunnel, um, the location of the house, which I must come on to later. Remind me about that, the location. Um, it, there's just stuff in this in this these episodes that I love, even though the story itself um, is a bit of a plodder. 
unfortunately. But there's something about it I like. Mm. I will say that I don't mind this one, mm. but I I do find it a wee bit boring, I must say. It is a plodder, I will admit. It is a yeah. plodder, for sure. And mm. I also find that overall it's a story about the Doctor versus, initially anyway, the, the gorilla humans that have come back mm. to assassinate uh, the styles but you've also got the controller who's in cahoots with the daleks and and all that so i find that it really it's a story about the doctor versus those people with yeah. some cameos by the daleks yeah all three of them all three of them yeah <laughs> it's a very it's extremely which is surprising really because well actually no it's surprising and it's not because the um it's surprising because it's the first story properly with the Daleks since whenever the last proper one was. I think it was 67, I think. Yeah. Um, whatever the last decent uh, Dalek story was that they, they were actually in it. Was it Evil of the Daleks or uh, I can't remember? Um, mm. No, I can't remember. Um, so I'm surprising because it's like the first one, but I'm also not surprised because the Daleks were added to the story later it's like you a, can tell can't you sort yeah. of a late edition yeah they just wanted to feature yeah. them so but as a result of that unfortunately you just get 90 percent of the story with the daleks they're just in one room not really moving around they're just having a go at people for a couple mm-hmm. of minutes and then at the very end there's a bit of an attempt to get them out they're wheeling along the path from under the bridge and they're having a bit of a showdown with alongside the ogrons and unit and stuff yeah but you know that's not really anything uh, to shout home about. So I find it's a it's a it, it's an okay story, and I think John Pertwee is very good in it as usual. And I love the whole you know karate chops, yeah, you know, and and all that stuff, and the crazy, like you said, the crazy little um, uh, three wheeled bike that he jumps on, and with a huge massive tires for some reason that's bumping all over the place and goes about three miles an hour. It's it's all funny. It's all you know, real funny, classic Pertwee stuff. So I appreciate it for that aspect of it, and it's cool. But And there's a couple of okay performances as well from the supporting cast. And uh, But other than that, I, uh, it's just really, it's very, very difficult to to push it up the, any sort of Dalek list, you know, decent Dalek stories. It's very difficult to to plop it up there. But mm, You mentioned yeah. there that, the, yeah, the Daleks weren't originally in the story. I think that's quite obvious. and Because like you said, this this is the first time we would have seen the Daleks since uh, Evil of the Daleks in 1967. So you'd think it'd be a massive Dalek comeback, wouldn't you? Like, you know, Evil of the Daleks is, is quite an epic story. You've got the, you know, the Emperor Dalek and that stuff. So you'd think, like, they've been away all this time and they're bringing the Daleks back, but they're hardly in it. And there's only three of them. They f- it feels like a really tiny Dalek force. Um, so it doesn't feel as epic as I think it should do. We do get a good shootout at the, you know, the very end. Um, but even that feels a bit, again, you've only got three Daleks. It doesn't really feel very epic uh, that it should. Um, I mentioned the special edition earlier. And I'm not normally much of a fan of when they do these. So that there's like a, a version that where they added new effects and um, and they actually went back to the location with an old Dalek prop. Well, actually, it was a new Dalek prop, but it looked like an old one. Some fanatic had built one. It looked like the Daleks in this story. Some they got a, Yeah, is that the right word? A fan. A fan, um, yeah. A fan. And um, they got a, a video camera, an old video camera, so that the film 
matched up and looked a bit grainy like the original. So the, the special edition, it's one of the few ones that they've done where I actually think they managed to do some good stuff. It, it, it doesn't jar. The, the effects look good. The new effects look good. They've added in scenes of the Daleks uh, at the um, house location, which looks really good. So you feel like there's a bigger Dalek, Dalek army. So actually the special edition of this is is fairly good. And like like they say on the on the extras, you know, you've still got the original. We haven't, if you want to watch the original, watch that, but here's a alternative version with a lot more effects and Daleks. The only thing that annoys me is they cut the Ogron line, no complications, which I think is classic. <laughs> I think it's sacrilege that they, mm. they cut that line, but the special edition uh, is fairly decent. I have to say it's a good, uh, it's a good effort. I don't normally like it. I'm not just not a fan of, I think the CGI that they don't get the budget very often to do, what they really want to do with the special edition. So I often think, I oh, just leave it as is. You know, yeah, we like the old dodgy special effects. We like the old mm-hmm. dodgy special I so, watched yeah, the uh, special edition. Watch special. Yeah. yeah, it's more epic, isn't it? The, the battle at the end is... Oh, is definitely, really, yeah. Really good, yeah. Yeah, the original one, you can tell that they've just got a, the odd squib going off here and there. And <laughs> it's a bit the, flat, isn't it? There's yeah. a little pop of a gun that's, you know, <laughs> it's very flat. But the new one, as well as adding loads more... Um, sort of uh, explosions around the ground and everything like that. Mm. They've added this cool sort of depth of field effect where you've you see like a, a Dalek from the side and a couple of Ogrons, but one of them's blurred out a little bit and these big lens flares as the guns are going off and yeah. it just feels a lot more epic. It's obviously the sort of thing that they wanted to achieve back in the day, but didn't have any money to to do it properly. So it is a bit flat. And also, there's a couple of ex, uh, exterior shots that are done. And the CG's not too bad in this one. No, no, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. So, yeah, I watched the special edition one, but I think I prefer the original one. I do. Yeah, just yeah, for... I always um, would, I think. Yeah, just for uh, nostalgia's sake, I suppose. and mm. But a bit of a purist sort of view on things. But I don't mind the special edition one. It's pretty it's pretty sweet. So They, um, they would have been able to do it now, you know. Uh, I'll tell you for why, because this will come on to the location thing. So the big white manor, I don't know what it's what the name of it is the house it's in um somewhere in buckinghamshire i think oh, i was in taplow i think somewhere taplow yeah, yeah. so it, I, i've often wanted to visit that uh, um, location um and obviously they went back at the time and got permission to film some extra scenes for the special edition they also did the now and then featurette showing how the house had changed and stuff and as you know i love visiting dot two locations so that was back then i think it was 2011 this this got made i think somewhere around there anyway well they wouldn't be able to do it now because a friend of mine who also loves visiting dot two locations and 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 is he goes to loads and he's often goes dressed up as the doctor he's really into it (laughs) he went to this location and uh the guy went nuts Uh, so it's 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 obviously changed hands Uh, i think it used to be an office or a retirement home or something and now I i think someone's bought it and um, it's, it's got different ownership. Well, yeah, the, you know, my friend who's really polite and <clears throat> lovely guy just said, uh, he got there and in, first of all, noticed that two great big gates had been put up. So you couldn't actually even get to the house and, uh, he, he buzzes in <laughs> and leaves a message and says, Oh, my name's, you know, can I leave? Can I, I'd love to come and just take some photos. Dot two Anyway, yeah, he gets a really angry phone call back later on saying, I've got your number plate. And if you ever come here again, I'll phone the police. Don't you ever come on my property again i don't want any association with doctor who i don't care that it was filmed here do not come here again this guy my friend was just like 
whoa, <laughs> what? Oh, so, yeah, it's a good job they, they did it when they did. Because <laughs> whoever's got the house now, such a shame because it's such a cool house. I've been wanting to go there for ages. Yeah, drop yeah, more but, house in Taplow. Yeah, drop my don't go there. For God's sake, don't go there. Don't go <laughs> there. Because this guy, were, well, unless he's, unless he's gone now, but that was a... Uh, that was a few months ago that my friend went, you know. But yeah, man, not yeah. good. I was yeah. almost tempted to say something rather silly then, um, but what? I think you've you've nailed you've nailed it. It's like please, like, I was about to say something like, well, as a result of that, we should gather up every single Doctor Who cosplayer <laughs> and fan, and we'll all descend. Yeah, but, let's all go down there on the coach, get some Daleks. Yeah, but Cyberman <laughs> banging on his gate, let us in. Yeah, but we know what happened with that guy that said, "Let's storm Area Fifty One." And that got way out of hand. So that was a joke. I just want to be serious there. Do not go to Dropmore House in Taplow. No. Don't upset the owner, please. It was a joke. The thing is, Don't Thomas, go who goes to these places, he's such a lovely, polite mm. guy. I bet he, when he got that <laughs> message, I bet he was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, he, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we won't be going to that location, sadly. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon to story then, in terms of direction, pacing, editing, and... Ah. Uh, the the concept of actually properly using time travel as a device in the story, which we mm. ironic really, as the show is based around a time travelling <laughs> alien, sometimes it's not used as an actual plot device, but in this one, it was. Yeah, I think the actual storyline is pretty good. You know, this whole thing. Um, I don't think the direction is particularly good. I have to say, uh, Paul, but oh, really flat. Mm. There's no flair to it at all. Uh, this is exactly an example of, like we often say, of shove the camera there, point, film. There's no there's no sort of um, style to it, really. Even the shootout at the end, which is probably the best bit, is just filmed so flatly. You know, yeah, walk towards the camera, shoot the gun. There's a bit where a Dalek sort of bangs into a door on the outside of the house. It's, it's yeah, direction really lets this down massively. Yeah, it does, yeah. And uh, the director, Paul Bernard, he... um. I think this was one of only a few that he directed. And you can tell, you can absolutely mm. tell when I tell you the other two, The Time Monster oh. and Frontier in Space. Oh, So you can tell that he's definitely got a style, bless him, mm. uh, old Paul. Um, yeah, he's no longer with us, so you don't want to speak, speak ill of the dead. But mm. yeah, his direction was very, very static and flat. It's, very static, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to almost... It's okay when you've got those scenes where it's just the Doctor laid out looking like extreme like james bond just a complete mm. don eating some grapes and drinking some wine and yeah gorgonzola and uh, yeah. Like wine yeah <laughs> so when it's like that and he's chatting with joe and stuff it's fine that's that's all good but when you want to inject a bit of energy when you've got a bit of a chase scene or a bit of a shootout you really need a bit more of a you know i understand the limitations of what they were dealing with back in the day but still you know you need a little bit of you know, let's put the camera up a bit higher there. Let's get this angle here. Let's cut this together a bit more, a bit quicker, so it feels a bit more exciting. It's just none of that. It's just, yeah, unfortunately. But it it feels almost like this could be a the sort of production and the direction and the way everything's so slow and static. It it really feels like a, a Dalek story from the sixties. You it know, does, I mean, stuff yeah. like when uh, what's the what's that villain's name? Aubrey Woods' character, the controller. You know, the bit when he comes in to talk to the Daleks on a couple of occasions and he has to wait 
what feels like forever for the blimmin' door to open, the big Dalek door. He just stands there, door is slowly open, and then you're like, oh, you know, just cut it, just cut to the the door's already open, like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it feels like the sort of stuff you got in the 60s. Um, yeah, exactly. Really, yeah. you know, in that sort of style. But, Static as hell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also it's... um. He's not told to... I don't think he had any direction in what to do because there's about three or four <laughs> scenes like that where he goes into the room to talk <laughs> yeah. to them. And he literally just has to stand there with he his hands by there. his side. Know, yeah. He doesn't walk around a little bit. He doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything. He just walks no. in and just... Hmm. I've been told to come and talk to these dudes, so <laughs> I'll probably just stand here, I guess. Yeah. Paul, want me to do anything, mate? No. It's all about the dialogue. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Didn't I have this on Willy Wonka? That's for sure. <laughs> you recognise him as the Candyman singer at the beginning. I right? didn't. I didn't actually. But yeah. um, Adam, who I was with last night, told me that. And I didn't know what he was on about. I'm like, he's a Candyman? The Candyman can. I was thinking of, you know, Happiness Patrol. But no, yes. It's, so he well, he was the Candyman in the Willy Wonka film. Is that right? Yeah, he's the sweet shop owner at the beginning. I didn't remember. I, I know. Yeah. You're talking about Aubrey Woods? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I only know him from Blake Seven, mate. He's he, he's uh, plays this really camp, strange villain. Crantor. Oh my word, that performance <laughs> is something else. <laughs> if you haven't seen that episode, go and watch it. it it's, it's him and um, John Leeson sort of doing this double act oh, in God. this Blake Seven episode. It is outrageous and so over the top and. Oh, anyway, yeah, but I, I don't remember him in Willy Wonka. Let's see if he's a proper classic British actor. Do we have any Z cars. cars or anything? Mm. No, we don't. No, sorry, Aubrey. I thought he was like, in the start of this episode as well, I thought he'd been like hypnotised or something the way he was acting. I'm like, is he under some sort of spell? Because he was acting very sort of wooden. Um, and he looked glittery as well early on in the story, yeah. which he doesn't. Mm later on i don't know if he, that was just the studio lights reflecting on him or what but i don't know his character seems to change he's sort of he's better in the latter half of the story um yes. i think once yeah. he's once he sort of does that scene with pertwee and joe and he's got a bit more beef in the script and a bit more to do he seems to get better in his performance but early on he's, i don't know that maybe the, again the director said oh i don't know act like you're <laughs> <laughs> hypnotized i don't know it's just a very strange performance at the start mm. i think potentially it was a case of you need to act quite I thought cold been robotized and, or something yeah cold like yeah and very unwelcoming but then as the story goes on them. he sort of almost talks like a dalek in yeah a way. almost yeah i get you what you're saying there dude and then as the story goes on it's like you need to soften up a little bit because the doctor and joe have sort of made you realize that you know you'll never win you'll never be a any kind of partner or anything to the Daleks, they'll, they'll just do away with you when they're done. Actually, that's, that's one scene I really liked is when the Doctor saved um, the controller. Like, the guy wants to shoot him. He's like, but he's done terrible things. And the Doctor, again, Pertwee just being brilliant, so stops him from shooting him. And that then makes the controller sort of question what he's doing and he helps the Doctor. So I liked that scene. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. So the um, so the time travel aspect. We'll get onto some more characters in a minute, but the time mm. travel aspect that was kind of cool because it was also because at this point in the story, it's got that typical Pertwee esque thing where the TARDIS console is outside of the TARDIS yeah. and he's doing <laughs> what is that about? Yeah, I think he's just trying to repair stuff and tinker, and I think even the Brig has a little joke. He's like, "Oh, you still got this thing working? 
And the, mm. and the Doctor's like, yeah, shut up. So I think he's tinkering and stuff. So I think this gives him something else to play with. I think he's fascinated by... Because at first, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because they switch on the time travel device and they think it's people disappearing. And mm. Styles, you know, the opening bit of the story when the guy jumps in the window to assassinate him, but something goes wrong and he disappears. So that's where I think the ghosts aspect of the story is uh, important at the beginning because I think the uh, actually the early the early working titles and stuff um, for the story was things like the Ghost Hunters, um, you know, Day of the Ghosts and the Ghosts and stuff like that. So the time travel bit is masked around why are people vanishing and stuff like that. And then later yeah. on in the story, the Doctor's like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's a bit primitive, but, you know, it's very cool and he gets it working. So that's one thing I did appreciate in the script was the, the humans that have sort of invented time travel by themselves to a degree um and uh, and have used it to um it's a bit like um it's a bit like the uh the whole terminator storyline isn't it they they're going back into the past i was gonna say back to the future then because you mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier they're going back to the past so they to assassinate someone so he doesn't you know enact you know a, a huge circle of events that leads to the dalek invasion so it's a bit like going back to kill John Connor so he doesn't form the yes. resistance. Um, so I wonder where they got that storyline from. Mm. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that part was cool. However, did you feel like it was a little bit of a, we need to get from A to C, mm-hmm. not A to B, and the only way we can do that is with a little time travel device thing that looks like a portable <laughs> man bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> so just your thoughts really on the time the time travel and why part is it, it why is it in that tunnel i mean i love the tunnel i love the tunnel under the bridge it's iconic but what's that little device just doing dumped in that tunnel? it's such a <laughs> random thing isn't it I just yeah i think see um i think the character um uh what's her face uh i think it's um is it moni is it mona monia Who's the the woman who's like leading the little gorilla yeah. thing to come back? I think Probably she does girl, say, yeah, I think she does say that that location under the tunnel is like a little fixed location that's oh that's yeah. matched in your time and our time. That's it. Just happens to be in this little tunnel under the bridge sort of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did I, I did really like that part of it using time travel, but it just felt like um we can't you know we can't operate the story without that part of it mm. and it was just a little bit it's just one of those little convenient parts of Doctor yeah Who. i was like, gonna say a bit convenient yeah, yeah it's like the the entire plot and the story is leading to this point where essentially the doctor's winning them round he's basically saying look you think you're doing the right thing by going back in time killing this person but what in actual fact is happening is you've created a paradox where you think you're doing the right thing but actually you're the ones that are causing the problem yeah. And uh, so the only way that they can actually solve this is to go back and do it. So you can tell it's leading up to this convenient bit where, ah, oh, everybody ends up back in their own time stream. Everybody ends up back here sort of thing. So Yeah, it, it can only cool, really though. go one way. I know what you mean. It's, yeah. it's yeah, a little bit convenient. It was, it's weird yeah. that it's weird that TARDIS scene at the start, isn't it? But they do that in a few stories, don't they, where the TARDIS console is out of the TARDIS itself and in this weird... I don't know, what would you call it? A room with two big... Are, these, are they green doors? Because I'm colourblind. It's like two big green 
iron door. It's just such an odd it is a bit idea. Weird, it? And I don't yeah. quite get why they ever did it, because I don't really think it's ever properly explained. But in a strange way, I like it. So the, the director, I think it was, is it the director that refused to film the ending? Because yeah. it ends with just the the doctor talking to the you know the the guy who's been saved um but they they, it was supposed to go back to the tardis wasn't it and do another scene that followed up from the scene at the start so you would have seen the doctor and joe appear in the doorway like they do at the start uh, again the director apparently said no no we're not filming that we're not it ends this is the ending and completely cut that off which is probably for the best because it would have been a pointless that's right. See. Yeah, I think it. Well, it's really. I think it would have been helpful actually because. Yeah. Yeah, because that that scene at the beginning is just random. It is random. That's a good point. Actually, it is you know? random. So this would have been a reason for having it there. I get you. Yeah, true. Yeah, it doesn't serve any purpose at all. It's just you see the doctor. So for uh, listener, if you've not seen this story before, the the opening scene where the doctor is tinkering with the TARDIS, he's doing something and he makes a mistake. Something happens, and then. The Doctor and Joe as themselves appear in the same room in the doorway. And they look up and she's like, oh, that was me. And, you know, they have a little conversation for 30 seconds and that's it. So it's not explained anywhere else in the story why that happens, why they've come back at that point. And I think that I think it was written as a bit wishy washy. Just, yeah, you shouldn't. I think the Doctor says something along the lines of strange things happen, Joe, when you're dealing with time. (laughs) <laughs> and all that i think it's just a very sweeping statement yeah beep happens when you're dealing with time basically don't worry about it um but barry letts did put that scene back in when he did the novelization which is good oh right okay yeah so it's in the story in the novel it's just yeah. not in the tv show but i think it would have been useful it would have closed off the story and explained why they were there in the first it, place but i think you may have talked me around actually and also because it is it is quite an abrupt ending isn't it that the way the yeah, doctor just the turns like it does feel like a scene is missing. So you, I, I, I backtrack. I think you, I think they should have filmed it. Yeah, yeah, what was Paul yeah. Bernard thinking? I know. Yeah, he put his foot down. I, I think they Barry wanted Lech to do should have it. Come down and said to him, "Come on." <laughs> well, I think they actually. They, I think when I did some research, I'm pretty sure that they wanted to do it. But I think episode four, in terms of that block of filming, was overrunning by quite a lot. So I think that was more important to Paul Bernard to say, look, we've overrun, get my ass kicked. That's it. The story's done. We're not doing anything else. But I think some other people, including John Pertz, who were like, well, it would be good to film that bit because for obvious reasons, it would explain why we were there sort of thing. Mm. So I don't know. but Yeah, because I think I remember on the production notes on the DVD, it said that there was the TARDIS set was all there. It had been set back up them to do it so it's taken up half the studio and then wasn't even used or something i think it says that on this production yeah so yeah. it must be probably a time thing then i will put it down to that yeah put it down to time as usual yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah then what did you think to let's talk about some characters then yeah so story-wise relatively it's simplistic right. yeah we've yeah. got these human gorilla um sort of military sort of peeps that have realized that the roots of the problem that caused the Dalek invasion way back was when this um, ambassador person styles uh, fails to do his job properly at the, you know, the, the peace conference or whatever it is. So, or something like that. And so they go back and like, if we take him out, then that can't happen. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Alongside this, you've got the doctor working with units. So units are involved and they're mm-hmm. essentially just groundskeepers for most of the story. They're just yeah. wandering around the grounds of the house and, 
the doctor, uh, the brig is very angry on the phone as he typically is in Doctor <laughs> Who, and that's it. So the story fairly simplistic, direction uh, static, editing slow, pace yeah. slow, that kind of stuff. Character wise, it gets a bit more interesting. So what did you think first of all? Let's talk about the the um, the, the Daleks again, just very quickly. Mm. Did you think that they had a, a decent story? Because um, my thoughts are they just weren't in it enough. And I found it very repetitive, the scenes that they were in. They just mm. kept saying the same thing to the controller and the same, you know, the same sort of stuff. So what did you think to the Daleks, though? Yeah, exactly that. They're, they're, they're not in it enough. It, you can totally tell they've been shoehorned in uh, to this story. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like them because I just find it's a, for nostalgic reasons it's just that thing of the gold dalek which i loved as a kid when i saw it and you know you there's so many photos of just the three daleks in that silver room uh which is used for like publicity shots stuff so nostalgically i love the daleks in it but yeah you're absolutely right that they're, they're not in it enough they don't really do anything uh there's a one good moment which is terribly short where they start torturing the doctor and we see we see the second Doctor and the first Doctor on the screen, and we always love to see past Doctors popping up on a on a torture screen. Um, but yeah, apart from that, they they don't do anything really, apart from like the end where we get the shootout, and it's quite cool seeing the Daleks on location around the house. Uh, maybe they could go and exterminate the new owner. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's it's you know apart from that, apart from that end scene, the Daleks are pretty much wasted, and it. it's certainly not a good story for their sort of come back after evil mm, for yeah. the Daleks, yeah. Yeah, that is right, isn't it? I was trying to think of it earlier. It's definitely... Um, so they had a couple of cameos. So the last one was Evil of the Daleks. Yeah. They had a couple of cameos, I think, in The Mind of Evil and the War Games, but they oh yeah they weren't yeah. Dalek stories. So it's a yeah. shame that their big comeback for this Doctor and this era wasn't a bit more exciting for them really and which is a shame because you can tell that people are definitely coming back at this point because they want to see obviously more pertwee and more doctor who but the average mm. viewing figures for each of these four episodes is nine and a half million people mm, not, which is not bad which, that's huge compared yeah. to i'm not throwing any shade but that's huge compared to today's mm. um viewing figures so you can tell that it was definitely a popular show still when the daleks were were doing their thing but yeah, maybe it was back in the day. Maybe still, maybe people like that that thing with the Daleks, and they didn't have to be in every scene and didn't have to be doing everything. I'm not sure. But what did you think to the controller then? So this is the dude, <laughs> Aubrey Woods. <laughs> Aubrey Woods. Yeah. So well, we spoke about him briefly anyway. But this is the dude yeah. that's essentially the middleman between um, the the human slaves that are you know mining and everything on behalf of the Daleks, and he's like the middleman between them, and and he's also the guy that's like handling the 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 stuff that's going wrong so um mm. you know these uh, guerrilla team of people and the doctor turning up and joe he's in charge of sorting that out but i found him relatively stiff for yeah. a lot of it and it's only at the very end really where he kind of redeems himself a little bit and allows the doctor and and those guys to escape but then you've got one of the security guards that overhears and he's a little grass and so that was the sort of redeeming bit, I guess, at the end. But yeah, a little bit stiff and flat, dude. I I don't know what to make of Aubrey Woods. <laughs> I really don't. because his performance is always his delivery is always so odd. Well, I can only judge it. I've only ever seen him in this, 
and the Blake e- Blake Seven episode. And yeah, he always gives this really odd delivery of the lines. Um, well, in both those shows, and I can't work it out. I sort of, in some ways, I I like it, but um, in other ways, you're right. It's just so flat and. I don't know. I, I just can't work him out. I think he's. I think he makes an interesting character as a controller, but yeah, I'm just not really sure. Mm. Like you said, I prefer prefer the stuff at the end when he's with the Doctor, and uh, you see a bit more of the human side of him, for want of a better word. So yeah, true. yeah. But it is odd, isn't it? It does. As I said, the way it says the lines is just. It's not like he's reading a script, but he has a weird way of um, <laughs> sort of putting stuff across. I can't. No, I'm not quite mind. sure what he's going for in his performance. You know what I mean? Is, it's a bit has weird. he been sort of slightly robotized or what? Yeah. Mm. Maybe that's how he thought the character should be played on what he read in the script. You know, this kind of cold, uh, cold uh, person who thinks he's got more power than what he's got. Essentially, like a lot of stories, he's a servant to the Daleks, really. But I can't, I can't mm. get his other character out of my head. You, I just keep seeing him floating around in the Blake Seven <laughs> episode. You've got to watch it. Is it? Just swishing around with his cape, and oh, it's like it's just so odd. <laughs> That's Blake, though, for you. Yeah, Blake. Yeah. Blake. <laughs> what do you think to Wilfred Carter then, as Sir Reginald Styles? Very, very angry. All very the time. angry man. <laughs> A very angry man. I'm not going in that cupboard. Uh, yeah. In the end, yes. I thought they were going to lamp him one. They should have done well. I'm just... refusing to go. I will not leave. <laughs> And I think Brigadier's Benton, like, Benton might yeah. give him a right-hander. <laughs> Whereas Brig- Yates is like, <laughs> come with me. <laughs> you can tell, can't you? Like, the Briggs like, I've had enough of this. Just get him out of the house. And he walks off. And then the Yates yeah. is like, come on. He's like, no. And then Benton's like, look, you've got to come. I'd, I'd have lost patience like five minutes before that. But yeah, he's a very angry chap, though, isn't he? A lot of the very time. Very much of that, that era, <laughs> sort of that acting, isn't it? That posh stuff shirt sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny to watch. It's un- unfortunately it's just the the way of the world. I think back back in the seventies when you're watching that stuff, and that was really what you'd expect to see on yeah, British yeah, television exactly. at the time. Yeah. You probably would have thought, okay, this is this is normal. But watching it now, back then, you just think, crikey, he's got his knickers in a right twist. This guy needs. <laughs> I, I do. I like it when Pertwee puts him in his place in the very last scene. That's quite fun because that's what Pertwee's great at, isn't it? He's just saying, "Oh, you shut you, up, sir. silly old man." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of an angry dude. That. Yeah. Uh, actually, it might have been Anat, who's the leader of the Gorilla Peeps. Oh, prob- probably. I, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know what we're like with names and. Oh, I've no idea. And mm. stuff. I've watched yeah. this a few times over the years as well, but no, no idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, or was it Shura? I can't remember. No, Shura <laughs> was the dude. No, Shura was the guy that was accompanying her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There was Boaz, Shura, Munir, um, Anat. Yeah. What did you think Loads. of those little <laughs> cast of people then? Yeah, I thought they were a good little ensemble, actually. That's what I mean. I think that they... I felt like people were really trying in this. Well, most of them. Um, and I felt like that little gang seem to sort of work together you could tell you know that these guys had done a bit of rehearsal because back in the day doctor who had rehearsals so you can see that the sort of actors have gelled a little bit in those rehearsals and they they're really into their parts and they're trying to you know do their best so yeah although the performances might not have been top-notch i i felt like they were doing their best and and um, yeah, they were all right. <laughs> they were okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they were all right. just to confirm, the the trio of gorillas 
the guerrilla soldiers that come back yeah. is Anat. She's the woman that's leading them, and she's accompanied by Boaz and Shura. That's it. Yes, yep. yes, we got that. Yes, yep. yeah. Uh, yes, they were okay. Yeah, they were right. sort of as, as expected, I guess. Um, we didn't really have too many people that were on screen long enough um, to talk about. There was um, uh, Miss Paget, who's like the s- assistant to to Styles, and she had a couple of lines. And yeah, there was a couple of security guards around the Dalek place with the controller. A couple of lines, nothing crazy. What did you think to the characters then? Uh, mentioned simply in the script as monsters, but the older <laughs> the old ogrons. What do you reckon to those dudes? <laughs> They're funny, aren't they? I I, I um I have a again a nostalgic liking for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it's weird the way the Daleks always have to have like someone doing their dirty work if it's not rober men or pig slaves or whatever. This time we've got the <laughs> ogrons. Um, that I think in a way I reckon if I was a kid back in what year was this did this go out seventy two or 72, something seventy two yeah yeah I reckon if I was a kid back in seventy two I would have found the ogrons quite scary actually because they are like you know um, big muscle brains they've got you know in, in that they've got no they're not intelligent they just want to shoot and fight and stuff and yeah so I, I think I would have found them scary as a kid and uh, I quite like the design of them it's pretty simple but it looks sort of barbaric in a way so yeah. i quite like him i think there's one shot that lets them down where the director decides to do a big close-up of the face um and they haven't sort of painted the eyes <laughs> so you can just see the mask which is a shame because it kind of lets it down but um but yeah i, I like the ogres i think they're interesting in mm. in a sense that they're a bit different yeah agreed they are kind of cool and you can tell that yeah. peter jackson's a big fan of, of doctor who mm. classic doctor who because in the Lord of the Rings films, the the um you know the Urukai big orc sort of dudes, they yeah. look almost the same as these. So you can tell a little bit of influence is there. Mm. Um but that's cool though, because Doctor Who does that. It does influence quite a lot of other films and TV series throughout the decades, which is cool. But yeah. they are cool. It's just um you kind of feel for them in a way, because unlike the controller who's questioning what's going on about mm. and it takes the doctor to get through to him you know to give him the real picture around the daleks and stuff the ogrons bless them they're just simple-minded muscle really aren't they yeah, They just basically. do as they're told and yeah so you kind of feel from in that way i mean they look badass and you don't want to tangle with them but mm. yeah and also they do suffer the same fate that stormtroopers do they can't hit anything can't when shoot anything anything at all yeah so <laughs> Yeah, but they're a cool. They're they're a cool design though. They could have. Yeah, had yeah. To, I like I like the look of them. Yeah, I yeah. Think they're interested. They could have had the green bubble wrap out and <laughs> and all sorts of rubbish. So yeah, they look cool. I meant to say to you when you're talking about the Daleks as well. Obviously, we only get three of them, and and um, they're not the the thing that does let the Daleks down in this story as well, which I, I should have mentioned earlier, is they don't really have any threat, do they? And I wonder if part of that is because they haven't got the voices right. Um, so somehow they've lost the ring modulator to do the voices. So they've had to sort of improvise and they, the Daleks don't sound like they normally do. It just sounds like actors trying to sound like Daleks, doesn't it? There's no, it does, yeah. there's not enough. Yeah. I mean, on the special edition, Briggs takes over and revoices them and they, they may immediately sound more threatening. Um, so that makes quite a big difference, but yeah, that's the other thing I think lets this down as a Dalek story is the Daleks aren't particularly threatening in it. They just seem to be in their room for most of the story. Just quite happy to just 
wander around yeah. their little room having a chat. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it is, dude. They're just not... The voice? Yeah. The voice and also they're just stuck in that closet, the broom cupboard for <laughs> yeah. most of the story. So yeah. it's hard to take them as threatening because also you don't know what their ultimate plan is other than just invading Earth yeah. at some point. You don't know what their what their motive is for that. You don't know how that went down or anything. So it's just, yeah, it's just a bunch of metal things in a room shouting the same thing throughout the story, <laughs> which takes the threat away a little bit. And also the voices in the original version. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the voices massively let it down. Yeah. Yep. What about Joe Grant then? And the doctor, Katie and John work, they work so well together, don't they? They are brilliant. And again, they totally lift up a below average story, don't they? And, and definitely do in this case, uh, great little moments between them. Like when they're, you know, uh, tied up in that room together and the doctors, uh, it's always lovely when we get those, I think they almost do it on purpose, don't they? I think they did it once and realized those scenes are, are lovely when we just get the doctor and Joe having little chats and, um, that sort of, uh, grandfathery sort of, relationship that they have with the doctors almost so caring towards joe and i was going to say teaching joe but you know what i mean just sharing his his uh experiences and his knowledge and stuff with joe it's 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 brilliant they are great together yeah. um and i think um i think katie manning does a lovely job with joe grant in this uh some really nice moments from her um especially when she's separated from the doctor and she's sort of captured um yeah but it's great i mean they are superb together these two mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah they are and you're absolutely right dude sometimes it takes the leads to just make a a fairly average flat story completely watchable because they are so good and i love john pertwee's doctor he's such a just a cool guy you know he's brilliant yeah john pertwee could have been james bond absolutely (laughs) yeah that would have been interesting yeah yeah and we get the um the aikido don't we we get the um yeah get a bit of that venusian aikido and uh yeah <laughs> he's good stuff. at that. He's, yeah. I mean, he's just brilliant at that. It's yeah. just so funny, but he's not. He's obviously not trying to be funny. He's trying to be a bit of a badass, but it is. It's quite funny, and um, you get the quad bike seat, not quad bike, but the trike scene as well, which is cool, isn't what it? What is that about? I mean, well, he, he saw it. At, John Pert, we saw it at uh, some <laughs> new, you know, convention. Said, "Oh, I got to have that in the show." So in it goes. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I wouldn't mind if it went at a decent pace, and it was a. A I decent know. getaway vehicle, but it's so slow. The ogrons are not even that, moving that quickly, and they're on top of him within a well, minute. You can tell that when there's one scene <laughs> where they're chased it. You can tell that they're doing their fake running fast because they're so not running fast. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny. It doesn't go yeah. on very long that scene, but it's fun. Yeah, and he has some great scenes in this as well, Pertwee, mm. with with Joe and also with the brig and with the controller. He has some great scenes throughout the whole story, really. And also with Styles, you know, he puts him in his place and yeah, and all that. And uh, he seems really relaxed in this one as well. There's a, he does. There's yeah. a couple of scenes where, where he, he has to get a bit serious with people and that's expected. But most of the time he's just sat down, he's having some wine and cheese yeah he's just <laughs> yeah chilled out really he's... even when he gets captured in future earth he's having a bit of uh, a, a lay down and <laughs> some wine and cheese um yeah, yeah no but it was great now. i mean i mentioned the scene earlier when he saves the controller from being shot and he's he's really good at delivering the serious side of the doctor but yeah i also love the sort of flamboyant side of the third doctor i think pertwee is magical on screen he really is yeah yeah uh music wise um not too bad 
Um, I think this was a Dudley, yeah, Dudley Simpson. It's Dudley. Yeah. Uh, not as not as memorable as some of his other stories from this era, but no. still not too bad though. Yeah, a bit run of the mill, but um, mm. yeah. It's still nice, still pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Anything else on your notes, dude? Uh, no, I just wondered what you thought about Unit's involvement in this story, because I think you mentioned earlier they don't really do a lot until right at the end when we get the shootout. Because, I mean, I love the Brigadier. But he's <laughs> hardly in it, is he? He gets a couple of fun moments with the Doctor throughout the story, but he's hardly in it. Um, down the pub. Nick Courtney was in the pub, pub, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. You, get a, you get a funny scene where old Yates is uh, suddenly you know, got his chest puffed up and he's having to go at Benton for eating a sandwich or something. He's like, give that to me. And I'm like, God, Yates has got uh, over his station, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you get a little fun little scene between those two, but they that's it really, isn't it? Um, so I just wonder what you thought. I mean, Unit, not really in this story that much, are they? But they're, they're good in the shootout at the end, obviously. But apart from that, they're not really... I just wanted to see more Brig. I just love the Brig. Um, yeah, I mean, the Nick Courtney's great as usual. Yeah. It's just that they don't really have... I mean, they're in it. It's weird, a story, because they're in it a lot. They're in they're, they're in most... Well, they're in every episode. and mm. But they just don't really... Do much. <laughs> yeah. I think the only scene... Well, the only two scenes where they're, actual, they're actually um, doing something is, like you said, at the very end, when mm. they're managing to keep the Daleks and the Ogrons at bay while they evacuate the building. So that's all right. And then the brig does have to manage a little bit of what's going on. You know, he does his usual couple of telephones on the go and he's sorting yeah. things out and typical yeah. brig stuff. But other than that, they're in it a lot, but they don't do anything. Yeah. I so, think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the presence is there, but then they don't do a lot. Yeah. 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 I did think the explosion was good at the end. I think it was says on the notes, it's a photograph or something. You know, when the house blows up, I thought, Oh, that looks good for the time. It looks a pretty decent effect. Um, oh, okay, but, yeah. but I can't work out how they did it because it looks like a model to me. But it says on the production notes it was a still photograph. But then that doesn't make sense because when it blows up, it's all destroyed. Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't know how they did that effect at the end. But I thought it looked good uh, for the time it was made. It, it looked to me like the house was actually blown up. For the Perhaps time, that's why yeah. the new okay. owner doesn't want the BBC there. Perhaps he thought they actually did blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it pretty good. Yeah, for I did. Time, yeah. yeah. Uh, before we move on to scores, uh, if you um, if you like the Ogrons and stuff like that, remember to check out the Big Finish story as part of the. Um, you might have listened to it already, dude. It's part of the the Time War uh, Eighth Doctor stuff. It's the second volume. There's a story called Planet of the Ogrons, and it's uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, the Eighth Doctor and his companion Bliss. They uh, something's gone on with the TARDIS console, and uh, and something has, has gone awry. And uh, apparently the answers are to be found on uh, uh, on the planet of the Ogrons. So, Paul McGann's story. I've about that, yeah. Sounds pretty good. I've not listened hmm. to it, but it sounds pretty decent. I did, back in the day, but I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, I think it's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> right, scores. Who's going first? I think it's me to go first. It's you this time. Uh, I'm going to go in with a six, dude. A six? Fairly, fairly okay watch. Definitely not middle of the road five, but... I can't really give it any more than that. It's just flat, and I think Pertwee and 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 uh, and um, I was going to say Joe Grant. Then uh, Katie Manning bring that score up to a six for me, dude. But I can't give it any more than that. No, that's fair enough. I'm slightly ahead of you. I'm giving it a seven 
Okay, cool. A seven, just a flat seven, yeah, because it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, there's a lot of nostalgia in it for me in terms of I like stuff in it, but it, when I watch it, it's overall, it's a bit flat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like yeah. it. I do, do like it. Okay, cool. So a seven from him, six from me. What did our awesome listeners think? Over on Twitter, we had a few there. So Will Sanger, TARDISnet said, it's not perfect, but a lot of fun. I love the Ogrons and the Revolution plot told across two time periods. And I like the timey-wimey closed loop plotline. The dystopian future, unfortunately, is badly fleshed out and explored, giving a lack of weight and consequences. A seven out of ten. Oh, number seven. Cool. Yeah, Stephen Alexander. Uh, a ten might be nostalgia, but it's one of my favourite stories. Was mm-hmm. the first VHS I bought. The cast are on top form, loads of action, plus the prints are in perfect condition, so it looks great as well. Mm. There are some scenes where I thought it did look really good. Yeah, Actually. I was going to say some of Pertwee's stuff often mm. suffers, doesn't it? Because they've lost the original, well, burnt, destroyed, whatever, the originals, um, and they've had to colour them in and stuff. But this one does look good, yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. Our writer, Jordan, says, it's uh, it's quite a funny, sorry, it's quite a fun little story. Not great in any shape or form, but fun. The cast are really what being this story, the, the cast are what really makes this story uh, but it's disappointing that the Daleks don't make the big comeback they were expecting after years away. A yeah. good solid runaround story and a good series opener. Indeedy, yes. Uh, Doctor Who Holmes says, got, uh, got to say to start, I love this one's DVD cover. <laughs> As mm. for the story itself, it's all right. The story is slow to get going and I always find uh, that. But once all the elements are in place, it's a fun watch. They really do some good work, even with only three Daleks, a seven from me. And that was seven, cool. And Sarah Louise, the running Whovian, says, Overall, I enjoyed it. The temporal paradox concept is great. The Doctor and his usual karate-chopping, vehicle-commandeering, white connoisseur self, and we see a confident, no-nonsense Joe, albeit naive at times. I did find it slow in parts, and the Dalek voices in episode two were cringe, but still a seven. Yeah, cool. Another seven. Another seven, yeah. And we had a few on Facebook, so Lewis Palmer uh, probably the only instance of the special edition version massively improving on the original cut. Uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but one that mostly succeeds in what it's trying to do. The Daleks are a bit naff, frankly, but the time travel stuff is interesting, and the ensemble cast chemistry is at its peak. It's fun. Yeah. Cheers, Lewis. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Nick, says, uh, this was actually the first Doctor Who VHS I ever bought with my own money way mm-hmm. back in the late 1980s. At the time, I was a little upset that the Daleks played such a small role in the story, but as the years have passed, I've mellowed and I've actually liked the fact the main villain isn't so overused. That said, though, the plot does seem a little at odds with the previous story, The Dalek Invasion of Earth, both set in the mid-22nd century and probably be the same Dalek invasion. If so, the Third Doctor completely reverses his own history in this story by preventing the war. (laughs) <laughs> Nick, well, there you Nick go. he had to throw that out didn't he <laughs> he says great story though the guerrilla attack on the command centre is very well done kudos to the director for showing Pertwee's wine tasting yeah <laughs> that's a good point yeah cheers Nick will not sleep tonight now thinking about no, that stuff no, so thank you very yeah. much and <laughs> lastly Charlie Turner says the most forgettable Dalek story there is as it is not brought up to the fandom that much pretty good story overall though uh, it could be much better than it already is uh, flaws and all however i love the controller's line of who knows i may have helped to exterminate you which mm. is in my opinion one of the greatest lines in doctor who history oh yeah it's a good line it's a good line eight out of ten from charlie wow average then it's a seven 
Yeah, I, I would think so. say seven. Seven yeah. is the average. Thank you very much, dear listener, for uh, for popping your reviews over on the socials. Much appreciated, as always. Next week, dude, what we got? Yeah, so we'll be back to Torchwood, uh, Children of Earth next week, so we'll be on day two. Quite looking forward to that, actually, because it was a good starter, wasn't it, day one? So we're on to day two. It was a good starter, actually. What did we yeah. give day one? An eight each. An eight, yeah. yeah. They're on to day two, which is good. Mm. So get your Torchwood DVDs, Blu-rays, or um, uh, it's still on BBC iPlayer here in the oh, UK. Oh, it's still on there, is it? Yeah, mm. I'm not sure about in other countries, but here in the UK it's there. So get all that watched, fired up, because we'll be asking for your reviews and thoughts next week, as always. And I think there's a good time, dude, to uh, to wrap up there for 339. All Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Big Blue Box podcast this week. That was episode 339. It's great to have you here listening to us waffle on about Doctor Who as always. As Adam said, our review next week is going to be back to Torchwood for Children of Earth Day 2. So get that watched and look out for the social posts so you can give us your thoughts and replies and your scores out of 10. In the meantime, make sure you follow this podcast in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss a show when they land every Friday and head over to the website where you can also listen to all the episodes for free over there plus check out the reviews and articles from the writing team so Mark, Jordan, Matt, Harry, Maria uh, go and check out all those guys' articles very, very cool we are on the socials too Instagram, Twitter and Facebook come and give us a like and a follow over there and chat Doctor Who throughout the week there are links on the website and remember to hop into our Discord server which is also free a link on the website come and jump over there loads of Doctor Who fans in that little community it's very very cool uh, come and chat Doctor Who over there also remember to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube go and give it some views and subscribe and all that good <laughs> stuff it's the Geek's Handbag yay the Geek's Handbag also on all the socials Instagram Facebook and Twitter yes get your stalking hat on go and look <laughs> him up the Geek's Handbag come and have an argument on Twitter Come and have a ruck on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all good. Make sure, yeah, just go and do all the things. <laughs> go and do all the things. And uh, we will be back next week for episode 340 to talk about whatever's happening in the world of Doctor Who and our review. So until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, uh, uh, 